is going on? What is going on? Welcome back to a new podcast episode of Car Sales 101. All right, so hopefully y'all like the new format where I got the intro and the outro. Have a little bit of a different a way to bring it in and out. So, But other than that, I uh, got hit up by an Instagram follower. He asked me to... Um, he asked me a question, how do I hold gross? Um, his name is Adam underscore M underscore R-I-C. So A-D-A-M underscore M uh, underscore and then R-I-C, okay? So long story short, um, before we get started, I want to thank each and every one of y'all for listening to my podcast. I've been reached out a lot, least, a lot, a lot recently since uh, the whole COVID thing's kind of kicked off. Whether you believe it's real or not, I can't say anything. Because then I'm, I might lose some followers. <laughs> but other than that, um, if you have got great content or value out of this contest, content, please hit me up um, with a, 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 f- a five-star review or just make sure um, you know you share it with somebody else. Uh, other than that, if you want to reach out, to, reach out to me on any of my platforms. It's going to be on Facebook, and Tony Story, S-T-O-R-I-E, Instagram, at TNT Dad 2728 and then on LinkedIn, Tony in parentheses, Anthony, last name, story. Sorry, got a little bit of uh, gas today. <clears throat> but other than that, let's get started. So, you know, a lot of people hit me up and they ask me, how do I hold gross, right? So if y'all are hearing a little bit of background noise, I'm outside recording this. So I do apologize for that. But this is about the only time that I can probably go out and get the recording in because I've been really be- busy lately. Uh, but long story short, the question that was proposed to me by Adam was, you know, how to hold gross. And the thing is, one thing about gross is you live in a different um, car, uh, automotive buying experience than what you used to live into. So basically what that means is like back probably before about two, three, four, five years ago, um, you were able to hold a little bit of gross. And as we've seen over time, it's kind of depreciated a little bit over time over time. Now, what does that do to is that due to the manufacturer a little bit? Uh, you got to understand when you put rebates on a car, um, you're devaluing you're devaluing the vehicle. So, for instance, when you're looking at a Lamborghini, um, do they have rebates on it? No, they don't have rebates on it. But the thing is, is when you sit there uh, and you put rebates on it, whether it be massive amounts or this or that, you know, it devalues the car. So, once again, going back to Lamborghini and Porsche. They're not devalued for the simple fact is there's no rebates. There's no incentives on it, right? Same thing goes for Super Duties on the F-250. If anybody works at a Ford dealership or even a Toyota dealership's Forerunners, they don't have a whole lot of rebates. Super Duties, they don't have a whole lot of rebates. Um, you know, Highline cars, they just don't have a whole lot of rebates. And the reason why is because it's not devaluing the brand or the product. So understand that, that. The, the gross is somewhat affected by the manufacturer, okay? The other thing is... You know, the manufacturer does have the fact that they have volume growth bonuses and incentives for the manufacturer or the dealership to sell cars. So, you know, if we have to hit a number of 125 cars and, you know, I have to lose 30,000 or in order to make, you know, 200,000, that's a key, a key thing you have to understand too. So, you know, is there ability to hold gross on new cars? Yes, there is. There's 100% the ability to hold gross on new cars. However, the way I'm going to break it down to you or the ways that I know how to hold gross is, is going to be simple, not hard, um, but it's one of those concepts you have to take in, into mind, right? Okay. So one of the things is is when it comes down to making gross, you have to earn it. It's not given to you. Customer walks in, you have to earn that ability to earn that gross. So for instance, if you're giving a $5 walk around, you're going to get a $5 mini. Understand that. But if you're going to give a $100,000 walk around, 
you know, you've, you've earned that ability to earn that gross on that deal. So the thing is, do everything. So I always kind of break it down this way. When you go in and look at a house, is the, the house you look at, is it worth the money that you're going to spend, okay? Um, is every item that you're spending money on, is it worth the money that you're spending? Uh, and, this thing, and the thing goes for, sorry, I have my kids outside. But when you go into the fact that, you know, you go into a grocery store, and the grocery store, you go ring up your groceries and stuff like that, you know what the worth of your groceries are, right? It's no clue. It's no, it's no um, second guess, no other idea or anything like that. It's just the fact that you know what it is to pay for your groceries. So when a customer is coming in and you kind of skirt around, you know, the actual, actual, actual window sticker and the qualities and features on the vehicle, you haven't earned that gross. You know, the customer is coming in to spend, and I told, you know, a lot of the guys I work with and gals that I work with, a customer buys a car every, you know, five to well, on average, they purchase a car every 32 to 30, uh, 38 months. So what does that mean? That every three years, a customer is going to come out and buy a car. Think of all the retail transactions that you do on a daily basis that just come at, at just simple thoughts, right? Or, or, or simple decisions. This is not a simple decision. This is a hard decision, right? So if a customer comes into the dealership and they want to buy a car from you, you know, the one thing that they have to do is they have to feel like they're comfortable buying a car from you um, and that, you know, that you're going to give them that presentation, that quality, um, uh, that quality um, presentation to the vehicle and, and the quality customer service that they expect. If you're going to buy a $60,000 vehicle, $30,000 vehicle, you need to understand that somebody's about to spend whatever monthly it is with you in order to purchase that vehicle. So basically, break it down to the fact that you have to develop that. What do you think a $30,000 customer service represent, or presentation is, right? Now, for, for, for instance, when you go into a restaurant and you go into um, regular retail stores, and, and one of the best examples is, is, you know, typically, if you've ever been to an extremely nice hotel, you know, and you spend that money, um, you have a quality customer service experience, right? And there's some, you know, regular retail items out there that you have a quality customer service experience with. And, and the thing is, if I'm going to spend $30,000, dollars $50,000 with you, there needs to be a quality customer service to the aspect. So when, you, when a customer comes in, and I want to break it down a different way too, but when a customer comes in, you need to act at the most highest professional level. You know, you don't need to pretend like you don't know what you're doing. And that's why I developed this podcast. So from day one, you have an idea of what you're doing. Should you start selling cars day one that you hit the showroom floor? No, I believe that there should be some level of training, some level of on-the-job training, some level of split deals and stuff like that, that that bring you up to the level where you're going to deliver that, that quality of service. But, you know, when the customer comes in, you need to do the proper needs assessment because the thing is customers need and want two different things. So once again, gross is earned, not given. So the thing is, if a customer sits there and you do a, the proper needs assessment, not a wants assessment, you're going to find that right vehicle that fits in their budget. Now, don't get me wrong. There's people that come in that have a higher budget than what they, they really can afford. But that's where you sit there and you capture that. So, for instance, a customer comes in, and I hate that I always say for instance, but a customer comes in and they say, you know, I, 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 need, I need this, this, and this. What happens is, is us in the car business, 
we sell them what we want them to buy because we sit there and think that we want them to buy that 300-day-old unit. Now, if there's a gross bonus tied to it, I get it. I understand that. But you're not selling what the customer needs. You're selling what you want them to buy. So that's one of the things you got to understand. Uh, the other thing is when you sit there and you do that quality presentation and all of a sudden you get a text message on your phone and you whip it out and you try to answer it, answer it that's not a $30,000 presentation. When you're not telling them about the key features of the vehicle, whether it be bliss, whether it be you know, uh, adaptable cruise control, whether it be 4G, whether it be 911 assist, whether it has voice activated controls. If you don't tell them those features, they don't know what they're paying for. So if you bring up a vehicle and you never open up the sunroof, they don't know they're paying for that sunroof. If you bring that vehicle up and that they don't know that has third row power folding seats, they didn't know that they paid for that. If you bring that vehicle up and it doesn't have navigation, but you show them that it has the ability to um, have the navigation through Apple CarPlay or Android Play, that's where you have to understand. You have to sell the vehicle in order to earn that gross, okay? And on top of all that, you need to be a professional salesperson. Give them everything that they need, but also set your barriers up. Say, hey, look, I'm here to sell cars. You know, I'm not here to, you know, waste either mine or your mine or yours time. Both of, I see both of our times as being valuable. So that way they understand it up front. You know, I have some customers come in, I want your best price. And, and then at the end of the day, if I give them my best price and they jetpack out the door, it doesn't bother me because I didn't do anything wrong. I gave them what they wanted. If they don't want to buy it, that's fine. So that's one of the key things about gross. Gross is earned not given. So you have to earn the gross. You have to understand what am I doing to earn that to earn that money? Same thing goes if you're doing digital retail. I've had several customers that I've made money off of that I've done digital internet leads and everything like that. So understand you can make money off the internet. It's not that hard. It's very easy and you can do that. Okay, another way. Here's another way <clears throat> that you can um make gross on a car deal. You have to do it through the service drive. And I've had a podcast about this recently. You need to learn how to go down to the customer that's on the service drive. Now, this could be on a vehicle that's 10 years old. This could be on a vehicle that's two-year-old or three-year-old. Understand, when a customer sits there and they're buying a vehicle or they're getting their vehicle serviced at a dealership, um, they're faced with another pain point. And what are pain points in the dealer in the, in the car business? Pain points are having to negotiate, um, having to you know get the vehicle serviced because we all believe that our vehicles should last forever, just like a lot of our items. Um, you know, they should be always under warranty, all sorts of stuff, right? So the pain point at that point in time is the customer has to be, bring a vehicle in for service, okay? Which leads to another thing, which I'll, t I'll, I'll share with you here in a little bit. Customer brings a vehicle in for service. Their vehicle has issues, whether it be three years old, whether it be, you know, one, years, one year old or 10 years old. Um, there's a pain point, right? Because the, all of a sudden the service advisor is going to come out and say, you know, this is what you owe this, this, and this today, right? So the customer comes out, they understand that they owe $1,200, right? Or you know, 300 bucks or whatever it may be. They get this, this service bill. When you are trying to grab a customer off service, and that's why you need to know your service advisors. Um, you need to use whatever data mining tool you have, whether it be auto alert, auto alert or automotive mastermind. Um, or if your CRM allows you to see um, incoming service leads and stuff like that, or incoming service customers. Um, at the end of the day, you need to, uh, you need to figure out, okay, customer has a, you know, $1,500 bill. So when you go get that vehicle appraised, okay, one thing I want to kind of hit on here. Don't, I know I talked in previous episodes and I've learned as I've gotten, you know, older and more experienced, don't devalue a vehicle, show value in the vehicle 
and then show what needs to be done in order to bring it up to the value that you need to sell it. So for instance, if anybody's ever had a CarMax quote that's come back to them, right? A CarMax quote shows the value in the vehicle minus what it takes to get it frontline ready. And so at the end of the day, so many times, so many managers sit there and say, devalue, devalue, devalue. Did you devalue? Did you tell them it needs tires? Did you, know, did you tell them it needs you know, a brand new windshield? Did you tell them this? Did you tell them that? No, no, I didn't tell them that because you're afraid to tell them that because you, it hurts to tell somebody you know, why their vehicle isn't worth the value that they think for it. But if you told them, hey, we, we appraise your vehicle, great news is you got navigation, you got the upgraded navigation, you have the sunroof, and you have you know, the premium leather interior. However, you know, when we closely inspected the vehicle, we saw that, you know, that you're going to probably need brand new tires um, uh, within the next you know, 3,000 miles, which I cannot put this physically on my lot without replacing the tires, and that the windshield uh, had a crack in it that I'm going to have to replace. But other than that, you, the vehicle is a perfect vehicle. These are just a few things I have to do to make it frontline ready. And that's what you need to understand. Now, devalue, you're not devaluing the vehicle. You're showing value and then you're just showing the things that you need to make it frontline ready. Same thing goes for in the service drive. If you know the customer is trading in a vehicle or down in the service drive and they have that pain point of you know, having a $1,500 service bill, what's easier to swallow? A three hundred um, payment that's not due in forty-five days with no money down or very little down, um, and continue to ride around in a vehicle that they might have to service again later, or getting a brand new vehicle under manufacturer's warranty. So understand, when you're taking that vehicle down to get appraised, you know for a fact that the vehicle is going to need fifteen hundred dollars worth of service. So that allows you to that allows you the ability at that point in time to hold money on the trade. Now, is that always possible? No, because some customers are extremely upside down. You have to give them all the money to make it sense to the banks. But at the end of the day, that's what you need to do if you have a customer that's not in market that you're trying to bring into market through service that you know you know that's going to have a large service bill. But before I get started or go any further, what I wanted to do is give you my one-minute uh, commercial I don't know which one it is. It might be Spotify. It might be Anchor. It might be another one down the road if you're listening to this. But just give me one minute and uh, listen to this commercial. I'll be right back, right back with y'all. All right, guys. I am back. I am back. I am back. Sorry for the sound effects. All right. But anyways, I was talking about the service drive. So you have to catch a customer before they're in market. And you have to know that they're going to sit there and, and they're going to be, they're going to need to get their vehicle repaired and know what their service bill is. Um, another thing, another way to, uh, make gross, okay. Is finding the customer before they find you. Okay. So you're like, man, what is he talking about? It's just so confusing. It's not confusing. It's very simple. It's very easy. All right. When a customer, um, now let me just give you all a little bit of a background. When I was on the sales floor, was I the best at holding gross? No. Now, when I got into finance, I saw the better ability on how to make gross. And then when I got onto the desk, um, you know, I was able to hold a higher level of gross. Sorry if the wind's a little loud. I'm just outside trying to record this podcast. Um, so do I say that you need to be in each levels of the dealership in order to learn how to hold gross? Not necessarily, but um, it does help you. So when you have that ability to sit down with your finance manager and your new car manager and kind of learn the different ways that you can hold gross, that's fine. Um, before I move on to this, um, the next way to hold gross or what I just recently mentioned, you also have to look at how your pay plan is geared. Is your pay plan geared around front gross, back gross, 
you know, unit volume, whatever it is, learn what your learn what your pay plan is, is is geared towards. Because making front gross might not always be the best thing for your pay plan, and making back gross might be. So that's and or combined gross, whatever it may be. Read your pay plan completely, understand it, because sometimes some pay plans are not gross driven; they're volume driven with tied, you know, caveats to it. Okay. All right. So. Here's one of the things that I have learned. Um, finding a customer before they find you. What do you mean by that, Tony? Finding a customer before they find you. When a customer visits your dealership or they put an internet lead on, internet lead on, they've found you before you found them. Now, how do you find a customer before they find you? Okay, here's one way. One way is to do it through the service drive. Another way is do it through repeat and referral business. And then another way, just to kind of give you all an idea, is when you sit there and you look at a customer's insurance card and you know when you're going to make copies of it and you see that they have they're trading in the truck that's on their insurance card and you see another vehicle another vehicle on their insurance card that's the next that's the next car that they're going to purchase or they're going to trade in and buy another car um, I don't know what the law of average is I don't know what the percentage is but I will tell you this much a customer if you have a spouse a husband and a husband and wife or you know, whatever kind of couple that you come across, when one cust- when one of them buys a car, another one's bound and determined to buy a car, usually within six months of buying their their spouse's car. So what does that mean to you? That means to you that you need to grab and capture that car deal faster than what they have the time to do the research and, and get educated, or not really educated, but get um, enough information on where they can come in. And you're not making it near as much gross on the car deal. And so uh, that's one. That's another key way. So you need to figure out, hey, this customer's got a vehicle. They're going to be trading in soon. Or I can look at other cars on the insurance, whether it be a kid's or somebody else in the family. How do I sit there and capture on that deal? Um, another way is is when, the cust- when your finance manager or desk manager pulls their credit, is to actually look at their credit. Say, hey, look, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, I noticed that you had another vehicle on your credit. It looks like something that you might be trading that you might want to trade in sooner or later. What if I could save you payments for forty-five days or ninety days? Or what if, you know, um, I could lower your payment? Is that something you'd be interested in? And that's the thing: you have to hit the customer before they hit you. Several different ways you can do that. Um, you know, repeat and referral business is the best way to do that. Building up that pipeline. You know, if you've been in the car business for six months, you're going to have a return of customers, or you're going to have a, a referral of customers that's eventually going to hit you. If you don't, then you're not. You're in the wrong business. However, you know that's one of the ways you need to that you need to make gross. And the very last way, and I don't want to go on too much longer because I can talk forever, is you need to learn how to ask for that gross. Okay, I have a salesman at my dealership. His name is Cameron Freelo. Um, you probably might not like, or he maybe like that. I'm uh, <laughs> that I'm gonna um, talk about him in the podcast. The thing is, you have to be able to ask for the gross. You know, so many times, you know, we have customers that come on the internet, right? But when they get in there, right, and you've done your quality presentation, you think that you've knocked their socks off, don't be afraid to go out there and ask for the gross. You know, what did I do wrong not to earn your business? You know, don't be in fear of, one thing I've always learned, right? One thing I've known to um, uh, see our fallback in the car business is that we're too afraid to ask for the gross, right? We don't believe that we've earned it, which leads to a lot of what I talked about, oops, sorry, which leads a lot to what I've talked about before this, but you have to ask for the gross. You can't be afraid for, afraid of it. If your desk manager sends you out a sticker, I've gone out there a sticker not believing that I could hit it, but once I believed that I could, I, I got what I asked for. If I didn't get what I asked for, I got really close 
to a number that was good for me. You know, and that's the thing. You have to be um, unafraid to ask for what you did. Um, is there anything wrong with you asking for a little bit of gross profit on the bill in, in order to to make money on that car deal? And that's the thing. One thing... All right, we had a technical difficulty. Um, the phone dropped, so I'm back. But the one thing I can tell you, asking for what's, what's, what's your worth um, is nothing bad. It, 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 in fact, I think most customers actually appreciate that a little bit more than anything. So, anyways, um, don't be afraid to ask for the gross. But going back to my story with uh, Cameron, sometimes he sits there and I, I challenge him. I always sit there and see how much he can make in gross. And, you know, um, within four car deals, I think he had $20,000 on the books. Um, I think roughly about seven or $8,000 on the front and the rest is on the back. Because he wasn't afraid to ask for the front and back gross. So, at the end of the day, at my dealership, my pay plan's geared. Some of it is geared toward front end, but some of it's geared toward the back end. To where at the end, you know, if he has a good back end on his deals, he can roughly make, you know, uh, three, $4,000 extra in his bonus check. So don't ever be afraid to ask for the money that you've earned as long as you've done everything that you believe you can do to earn that money. So uh, let's recap. Uh, once again, Adam underscore M underscore Rick. Uh, I do appreciate you for hitting me up with this podcast. That way you gave me an idea. I'm going to have another podcast for y'all that I got hit up with another uh, salesperson. Um, she basically has, has converted from sh- uh, showroom sales to internet sales. And sometimes that can be a little bit harder. But you got to think about it a little bit differently. And I'll get into that here in a little bit. But let's recap. How do I hold gross? How do I hold gross? Yes. First and foremost, which I didn't start this podcast out with. You have to see what your pay plan is more geared around. Is it geared around front end gross, back end gross, total gross? What is it? Or unit driven? You have to look at that and dissect your pay plan. The other thing is, is you have to earn it. It's not given to you. So if you have a customer, you know that that comes in on the dealership, you have to earn that gross. You can't just think it's going to be earned because it's the vehicle. Um, the other thing is service drive. Service drive is a hundred percent key. It allows you to hold money on the trade. It allows you to catch that customer in market before it allows you to bring the customer in market before they get that time to shop. And another way is to find that customer before they find you. Customer comes into uh, you have to find that customer before they find you. And how do you do that? Once again, yes, through the service drive. Once again, through you know um, a repeat referral business, but. If the customer is in there and, and they purchase a vehicle and they have a spouse or a significant other, you need to find out what that second car is. That way you can catch them before they come in market. And the very last thing is don't be afraid to ask for it. It's your money at the end of the day. You know, you have to pay your bills just like your customer has to pay their bills. And there's nothing against you asking for the money that, you, that you've earned as long as you've earned it. If you haven't earned it, then you don't deserve it. So make sure you do everything you can in your power to give that customer that quality presentation, that quality rock around, that quality rock walk around, and everything like that. So, anyways, guys, guys and gals, I want to thank you all for taking the time to listen to this podcast. If you want to reach out to me, and if I do have a little bit of wind noise in the background, I do apologize. Um, but if you um, get a chance, um, give me a five star review, whatever platform you're listening to this listening to this on. Um, if you want to reach out to me, you have any questions, I always and you could almost ask anybody that's ever sent me a text message a private message or a dm or asked to jump on a phone call i'll do that um hook up with me my uh facebook contact is or my facebook platform is tony story s-t-o-r-i-e my instagram is at tnt dad t n t n t dad 2728 
And the very last one is LinkedIn, Tony in parentheses, Anthony, the last name story. And I'll talk to you on any of those platforms. Guys, I will tell you one thing. Lead generation is going to be huge. So if you get a chance, ask me about how you can generate your own leads. Um, yes, you can wait for the dealership to generate your leads or you can do it yourself. Um, I use um, uh, phone sites to generate a lot of my own leads. I just did one with the dealership. Didn't get as many leads as I would like, but I did generate about 15 to 20 different leads in a five-week um, span and only spent less than um, $70 doing it. And that's generating leads. So um, at the end of the day, um, if you want to reach out to me, I have an affiliate link. I'll share it with you. If you want me to jump on the phone and teach how to use it, it's not that hard. Um, I'm, it's, it's, just, it's a real good thing. That's the only thing I can say on that because um, your, your days of, you know, true car and all that stuff, not that they're going to be numbered, but they have to come up with different ways because they're trying to sell the menu. They're trying to sell the dealership on buying their way to source leads to you, but they're also trying to figure out how to market that they can sell you leads. So understand it's, it's a really weird uh, thought process. Uh, and the very last thing, please share this with somebody. Um, that's the only way I make, I don't really make any money off this. I think total I've made $500 and I've been doing this podcast for over a year or so. You break down the episodes, I think I'm you know, somewhere in the 110, 20 mark. Um, it's $5 that I've made pretty much every podcast, which isn't a whole lot of money. I do this for the love of it. So if you know somebody that needs this information, please share it to them. Whether they've been in the car business for one day, uh, one year, or 10 years, we all have something new that we can learn because this is an ever diff- ever-changing market, and so is the world. So once again, I hope you all are making it through this um, pandemic or crisis, whatever you believe. I understand that. Um, but other than that, please reach out to me. Um, this could be the hardest five figure business or the easiest six figure business. It is what you make it. And the very last thing is we all win when we all win. And it's like I told y'all before, please share this podcast. Give me a five star review. I love each and every one of you. Uh, and if y'all have anything guys or gals, please reach out to me. I truly, truly, uh, want to make this business a better business than what it is and have a better reputation than what it had, what, what it has had. So sorry for all the stuttering and all that stuff, but um, a little under the weather. Don't know COVID-19, but I'm about to do a cleanse tomorrow to cleanse the body of mine. Uh, Y'all know that I like to run and exercise. So other than that, love you guys and gals and look forward to hearing from you. And I got another podcast coming to y'all soon, hopefully sooner than later. Just been a little busy at work, so I'm going to have another one, which I think is a great, great, great podcast. And if y'all want to reach out to me and you want me to interview y'all, It's very easy to do. I do it through the Anchor app now, so it's very, very simple. So once again, if you have anything, please, please reach out to me. All right, guys and gals, I love y'all, and y'all know what's coming next. Peace.